All right, so uh, first, I just want to kind of start by saying that um, when I was preparing for this, and Blake was mentioning to me to, uh, to kind of share this, um, I was really like thinking, okay, well, how am I going to do this? Because this section of Proverbs, for me, is probably one of the, um, the most sacred parts of, uh, of the Bible. It's something that internally um, um, I keep very, very much at the core of my heart. And something that um, every day of my life I try to focus on really these 11, 12 verses that we're going to cover today. But more importantly, the, um, the preparation that I had for this, I, I was contemplating sharing a couple stories. And, and I thought, well, I don't know. I was telling my wife, I don't know if I should do that because I don't want to draw emphasis uh, to these stories specifically that uh, may reflect like my experience because I don't want you to think that it's about me. So, but my wife, she, she encouraged me to think, but maybe God had you experience those things so that you could share them with, uh, with a group of men. And last week, uh, Blake did an incredible job of covering, and just a quick recap, of talking about seeking and, and provision and change and defense and life and this full cycle that we're going through and that um, Solomon is providing wisdom and Proverbs for us to understand uh, God's Word. <clears throat> And then we heard an incredible message from Mike Fackler this past Sunday, um, and it just really was speaking directly to my heart as I was preparing for this, and I'm hearing him talk about faith over fear and talking about Colossians and, and everything that we should do in, 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 in deed or in, in word. It should, it should be done to glorify the Lord. So today, um, I'm going to add a couple things to really what, uh, what Mike was talking about with uh, faith over fear. I want you to think about mercy over judgment, and I want you to also think about grace over understanding. And I want you to think about those things because as we get to Proverbs 3, 5, to trust in the Lord with all our heart and lean on in our understanding, I really feel like as men, as, as Christians, as we walk through life, this should really be, it, it should be a conscious thought for us. In those moments, like Mike talked about being on this airplane, and he had a great opportunity that he could have stepped up and, and maybe and spoke to this lady, and then he had the opportunity of actually seeing her again at the restaurant, and he took that opportunity. So he was trusting in the Lord at that point. He wasn't leaning in his own understanding. And um, so <clears throat> I really want us to just kind of think about those thoughts today. And, uh, and we'll start really by just reading these verses, and I'm going to share a couple stories with you guys, and uh, we'll wrap it up um, with some application. So if you'll turn to your Bibles, if you're online with us, welcome everyone. We appreciate you guys tuning in, and if you have, um, um, so we're going to, we're, you're welcome. We're going to start in Proverbs 3 and verse 1. And again, let's just real quick think about what's going on here. This is like 900 years before Christ. We know that this is about the time when Solomon uh, was writing these Proverbs. We don't really know exactly when he wrote them. Um, there's, there's some understanding that it could have been around 730 B.C. when there were some scribes that may have taken thousands of Solomon's Proverbs and, and translated them into what we have in Proverbs. But what I want you to think about, though, is 700, 900 years these were all written before the time of Christ. And as we read these 12 verses, I really want you to think about Jesus and his ministry and his life and how really he fully embodies this wisdom. Like everything in scripture really wraps around these verses and the way he walked that out in his ministry. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life and peace will add 
to you. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. So you will find favor and goodness, a good success in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean into your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all you produce. Then your barns will be filled and plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be wary of his reproof. For the Lord reproves him who he loves as a father, the son, and him who he delights. So we're going to examine some things here. And really what I want to kind of point out first is, is in Proverbs 3, 3, let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Don't be fearful of it. <clears throat> Bind these things around your neck. Wear them so others might see these things. And inscribe them on your heart. This is probably, I think, the deepest thing for me as a Christian. That I, I met a guy once when I was working in property management, and they used to say, well, don't, well, don't tell Lindy that because um, he'll write it in stone. And it's an interesting concept to think about, right? Because he's the kind of guy that if he hears it and he writes it in stone, it's going to be something that he holds you accountable to. And so when I'm, I'm reading Solomon here and, and him writing this, like, you know, write them as a tablet onto your heart, like imprint this in, inside. And some of you, you're in Steve Seaton's class, and Steve's often talked about that throne in your heart. Um, who sits there? Is that where Jesus sits, or do you sit there? And so I think about that in the context of, of, of this wording. And that so you may find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. Notice that he doesn't say man and God, that we, we should be seeking God and by seeking him and how he interprets us is what others will see. So it's not, a, it's not a reflection of seeing, I'm doing these good deeds so other men will see it. And I'm not doing good deeds because it's a checklist. I'm doing the work that God has directed my life to do. It's, it's trusting in the Lord and not in my own understanding. And sometimes, sometimes those are really, really difficult to do. For instance, <clears throat> I'm going to tell you a quick story. So much like Mike Fackler, um, right before I started working here at Crossings, I was an insurance agent, and I had to fly to uh, Michigan for a, um, a training seminar with thousands of agents that were coming in. I didn't want to go. Uh, I told my wife, I've, I've really committed to Crossings. I feel like this is a waste of time, and I just don't really want to do it. And, and she quickly reminded me, or oh, God needs you to go there. So maybe look at it from that standpoint. Go and enjoy it and look for an opportunity to point someone to Christ. So I go, and the first day I'm paired with a gentleman from Ohio. And he's a big guy like me, uh, played football, uh, Army veteran, great guy. We hit it off right out of the gate. And um, I I could tell the second day he says, uh, I could tell something was bothering him. I was like, John, what's wrong, man? How are you doing? And he's like, you know, I really don't want to be here right now. My 14-year-old nephew ran away two weeks ago, and no one's heard anything from him. No one knows anything, and 
now that I'm here, I'm feeling really guilty about being here, and I, and I kind of want to go back, and I shouldn't be here. So in that moment, I'm having this trust in the Lord and lean not on my own understanding. I'm not a wise guy. I am not a prayer person. I, like, these things are really difficult for me to do, but these are where those opportunities that I rely on God to work through me. So just, I just heard, like blurted it out. I was like, can I pray for you real quick? I have no idea if you go to church, but can I pray for you? And he's like, sure. So we prayed. We prayed for his nephew. And then I took it a step further. And some of you guys that are in this room, I text you guys. And I sent you a message. And I was like, here's John's information. And here's what's going on. Will you guys pray for him? And a lot of you guys reached out to him during that week. And then Thursday rolls around. And I'm in the line at the buffet. And I'm, I'm getting food. And this dude comes up behind me and bear hugs me and picks me up. And he's like, you won't believe this. My nephew came home. My mother didn't say anything to him. He's home. He's, I can't wait to get home. I can't wait to see him. And I thought for a moment, okay, here's another moment. And I said, John, do you go to church? Do you guys have a church? He said, no, not really. We don't have anywhere. I said, well, you know what? We stream our services online. I think what would be really cool in this moment is that you guys have an opportunity to have family and give some thanks to the Lord for this. I mean, this prayer that was answered, this, this experience. And so he does. And then it's like God's not done, right? Um, I come back here, and that weekend was the weekend Mel was guest speaking that Sunday. And she told a story where I was at at that camp that year about a girl that ran away and who had suicidal thoughts. And the whole story geared around how God was working in her life. And this gentleman calls me right after, and he's like, did you script this? And I was like, no, man, it's just in my mind. It's like God was saying, hey, Gene, I need you to come from Oklahoma, and I'm going to bring him from Ohio, and I need you guys to talk. And then I'm not done, because once you tell him to, to check in on church, I'm going to send Mel up there on stage. And then when I talked to Mel about it, you know what she told me? She said, you know, I talked to that family that Friday, and I was like, can I share this message? And she said, the, the, the girl said, only if you think that someone will benefit from it. And I was like, wow, I think somebody did. And still this day, I stay in contact with John. Um, <clears throat> we developed a pretty close relationship. And it's just, it's one of those where I could have overlooked it, like Mike was talking about, and just saying, like, man, I have too much fear to, like, address this. And just knowing that even in those uncomfortable situations, if we just focus on God, God will use us. And sometimes it might be just planting a seed. Sometimes it might actually be watering. Um, sometimes it might be reaping the benefit of that harvest. We shouldn't wrap our minds around that whole process. We should just wrap our minds around being used in the moment that we have to, use, to be used. So <clears throat> that leads me to this next story, and then we'll get back to Scripture. And this was about a year ago, <clears throat> and this was just truly amazing. Um, and, and I think it'll speak volumes to, to this group of men. So forgive me, Tara, if she watches this later. But <laughs> she, um, she texted me one day and she said, hey, can you go by the store after work and pick up a few things um, that we needed? And as a guy, I'm like, oh, what are you doing? You have time. But sure, yeah, I'll do it. Um, so I leave work here. I'm driving. I go to Dollar General by our house. And I could have easily brought that mentality into the store. And I'm going through, I get my items, standing in line. There's a young black gentleman and his, I, I would assume, grandfather standing right in front of me. 
And they had some items, about 40 or $50 worth of items, and a lot of it was baby stuff. And I saw his grandfather um, look into an envelope of money, and he said, you're going to have to put some of that back because we can't afford all this, and you need money for your bus ride tomorrow. Something inside just said, you know, hey, man, can I, can I, honor, can I pay for these? Can I, can I do this for you? And granted, this is like a year ago. So this is before any racial. This was just me being in a moment. And I'm going to say, okay, God, I'm going to trust. I'm going to trust that you're going to work through me. Even in this deed, I'm going to look for an opportunity to glorify you. And he immediately was like, no, 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 no. And I was like, I insist. Seriously, I'm in a good place, and I would love to be able to do this for you. And his grandfather stepped back, and then he stepped back, and then he just poured out his testimony in front of like eight people. He said, I just got out of prison. I have a three-year-old. And the whole time I was in prison, I was praying for God. When I get out, will you bring people to help me? Will you help me like, get my life back in order? My grandfather showed up. You're showing up. And I get this. The guy that was right in front of him was also another black gentleman. So I'm the only white guy really in this line. So very awkward probably for a lot of people. He was a pastor. And he turned and he goes, man, we need to pray right now. And here were three, four people standing there praying for God and thanking him for this opportunity. And I'm thinking in my mind, I get emotional thinking about it. I get goosebumps. Um, I'm a heart-driven guy. So I'm watching the cashier. I'm watching um, the other people in line just reciprocating this, this whole action. And, and then I'm listening to the grandfather tell, like, tomorrow he has a job interview. So that's why he needed a bus fare to get to his job interview. And it just turned into one of those things where God was preparing before he could even see what his path was going to be like. And that's what I love in the very next passage in verse 6. And all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. I don't want to focus my life on my own path. I don't want to focus my life on my own growth. I only care about how God will grow me. And, and I only care about, am I willing to take that step? So every day I wake up, I get excited. I think that today that I'm alive, I have another day that I can glorify the Lord um, until I'm called home. And it doesn't seem to me as like work. It, every day I walk into this church, every day I'm in Bible study with you guys, every day that I'm just living life, the lens that I've been looking at it through has changed. It's changed so much because the transformation that God has done in my heart has transformed my mind, and it's transformed my actions, and it's transformed <clears throat> so much of who I am that no longer, like my wife, she has a degree in psychology, and she'll say this all the time, the things that have happened in your life don't happen because you make a choice to change it. They happen because I have actually believed that Christ is my counselor, Christ is my priest, Christ is my savior, Christ is my Lord. I submit to all of these things and allow that these words that I'm hearing to actually be imprinted into my heart. So therefore, I begin to live it, and I pursue it. And I, and I tell you guys, the most amazing things that happen when we do this is when I hear people say, thank God you are here. Man, isn't, isn't God great? And I'm like, yes, it is, it is. Because they're not recognizing me. They're not saying, man, Gene, you're such a great guy. We're so happy you were here to do that work. No, they're, they're, they're recognizing that I was there for a reason and that God was being glorified through that action or by what I was sharing to the gospel. And <clears throat> so really, 
The last thing I'll, I'll kind of circle in and then we'll move on to the rest of this text is when we look at leaning, and I think Blake asked me to teach about this because I, I was sharing this with one of our club students, and I was giving them the analogy of leaning and how we can lean back and forth, and leaning one way means we can't go the other way. And for all you football guys out there, my, my best analogy would be I played linebacker most of my life until I went to college, and my coach would teach me one of the first keys to look at is those big old boys on the line. They're so big, they get their weight moving. Um, they almost give it away every time. So if it's going to be a run, they're going to be leaning forward. If it's a pass, they're going to be leaning back. But to look at their knuckles, look at the, look at the body frame. How are, they, how are they positioned in their lean? Because if you pull their hand away, if they're leaning forward, the only way they're going to go is down. Or if they're leaning back, the only way they're going to go is back. <clears throat> So I like that reference because if I'm leaning towards the Lord, I can't go to my own understanding. But if I'm going to lean to my own understanding, I think that <clears throat> I'll be a lot like, like Saul, a character in the Bible that we know. And we know that Saul in the end of 1 Samuel <clears throat> comes to the end of his life and falls on his own sword. And we watch the people around him um, take that same action. And and what I see when I read that section, and if you haven't read it, I would encourage you to go read it, is that Saul got backed into a corner because step after step, he started leaning to his own understanding. He started leaning away from God, and he started leaning to his own devices. And that led him to a path where he was surrounded, and he felt like he had no way out. And when we look at someone like David, who is being challenged at so many levels as a leader, as a king, as a person. And yet, even when he fails, his direction and attention is always to the Lord. And I admire that kind of character because David recognizes that he's not perfect. And he recognizes that anything that is against God's will, he won't have. So he fully leans into that understanding Again, he doesn't make the right choices from time to time, but we know that um, he seeks the Lord, he repents, and he moves forward. And so <clears throat> one other thing to kind of circle into that, earlier I was saying that faith over fear that Mike mentioned. I wanted to add mercy over judgment and grace on, over understanding. I say those things because when I think about trusting in the Lord, I feel like if I can remind myself of those things in those moments that feel uncomfortable, I can rely on God's strength. I can rely on his wisdom. I can rely on his ability to speak through me. And <clears throat> what I get encouraged by is then looking at the stories of the Bible that are here for us to understand. I mean, we, we have a great understanding of Peter in the boat with the other disciples, and Jesus is out on the water, and he's like, come to me. And Peter's the only one that gets out of the boat. What was, what was keeping the other disciples? And yet Peter gets like maybe 10 feet away from the boat and he starts to sink. What happens? He took his eyes off the Lord. He allowed his own understanding to say, well, it's really windy out here and I'm really doing this and this is really crazy. And it's a great story to think about as we live life. It's, it's, transi- it's transitionable to what we experience every day. We have opportunities and those opportunities come, they go, but <clears throat> the opportunity that we get each day, we should, we should try to move that needle. And I often share with students 
this idea of thinking of a gas tank. You have emptying and you have full. And as we grow as Christians, we should look at, um, we should look at this process not as a task or a checklist. We should look at it as like, I'm trying to move this needle to the fullness of God. I'm trying to spend time in your word. I'm trying to spend time praying. I'm trying to spend time applying these words in my life because I know that if I do it for 10 minutes here, then tomorrow it could be 15 and then 20. And what would it look like if I just allowed my whole life to be consumed with your fullness? And that's just encouraging for me. I hope that's encouraging for you. I really hope that these verses will do the same for you, that they'll speak to your heart. I, I hope that you'll apply them to your heart. And moreover, I really hope that you'll recognize when we get to verse 8 that this is healing for our flesh and refreshment to our bones and that we honor the Lord with our wealth and the first fruits of our produce. I like this passage because I think, I think what Solomon's getting across here is that your barns are going to be filled with he's not he's not he's not giving you like a prosperity thing to saying like you give this and i'm going to make your your barn so full i think what he's trying to do through his wisdom is understand that you'll begin to see what is really full in your life that you'll begin to see that the things that are full are full of what god has given you and that we have everything that we need and that he provides if we'll seek him and this all of this passage uh really culminates to me with James. We're studying this in Steve Seaton's Bible study. James 4, and it's just one verse. God opposes the proud, and he gives grace to the humble. I feel like if I lean to my own understanding, I feel like if I try to do things in my own accord, I become proud. I become prideful. Those are fears that I have in my life. Um, I get timid to think that people might, might see me as being prideful that they may see me as someone that is doing it for um, my own glory. And I'm reminded of those verses that if I seek the Lord in my humility, I'll come before him and I tell him, Lord, I can't do this without you. I really can't. You provide a path for me to go. And that's the only way I want to go. Because this life is crazy. There's going to be another COVID or there's going to be another election. There's going to be another thing that creates division. There's going to be so much that goes on that we consume our life with, with what? Nothing that fulfills. Nothing. But you do. And I just pray that we as men, as we continue to grow and become leaders within our church, that we continue to pass this on, that these are things that are important to, uh, to our country. Yes, all these things are important, but don't, don't supplement those things for our faith and what we believe in and pursuing those first. So lastly, to that end and to that close, when we, we wrap it up with, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be wary of his reproof. For God approves him who he loves. And then he says, as, uh, as a father the son in whom he delights. I'm about to be a father, and I'm so excited for so many reasons because I don't even know this person yet, and I love her so much that I'm preparing a place for her. I'm putting a room together. I'm, I'm thinking of all these things before, like, they're even going to happen. And then I start thinking, like, oh my goodness, this is in Scripture. This is exactly what God says in Ephesians, that before you were even created, before the foundations of the earth, I knew you. And I prepared a path for you. And 
I can't get a better representation in understanding what a father would feel and that kind of love and what that would look like. <clears throat> and I don't, even, I don't even know her yet, but yet I love her so much. These are, these are concerns. So then it makes me think about this reproof. So God, he, he reproofs me. He's even in the, 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 the situations where I may miss something or I sin or I fall short. And I think that the spirit as it grows in us it also shines into those aspects of our life. It tells us, like, look, I need you to focus on this, Gene. You've got to get it right, okay? If you're allowing me in your heart, we've got to fix that. We've got to work on that. <clears throat> that short-temperedness or that, you know, quick to, uh, to judge or that pride or, or fear and allowing God to work in there, not because I feel guilty, not because I feel ashamed, because those are lies that the enemy, I feel like, tells us to, to keep us connected from God I feel like God does this because he's like, I care about you so much. I need you, I need you to focus on this. I want you to know that I love you. And I'm doing this because I love you. And I'm sending my son to you because I love you. I want to bring you home. I want you here with me. And we have a decision to make. We can lean in our own understanding, continue to focus on what we feel like and justify what we feel like is right, or we can trust that God is truth, everything he speaks is right, and we have a way, we have a path that's straight. So lastly, I'm going to pray, and I want, I want you to hear this because, um, like I said, I'm not a very good prayer. I need to take notes from Wayne, I really do, because his heart, I mean, it just it pours out to the Lord. But one thing I always start my prayers with is thanks for this day. And I don't say it lightheartedly. I say it because I'm so thankful truly for this day. It is another day. I don't want to focus on tomorrow. And yesterday has passed. Today is what matters. And Lord, if I walk into a grocery store today, use me. Lord, if I walk into the church today, use me. Lord, let me just be thankful that I have another day that I can continue to do this every single day until my time is done. And I just don't feel like that's work. So um, we're going to go to the Lord here, guys, and, and I'll wrap it up. Father, thank you so much for this day, Lord. Um, as we come to you in prayer, Father, I just pray that we will continue to take steps like Peter did out of the boat to take one step, one step to follow, one step to serve, one step to just listen, to gain the knowledge of your word. Father, I just pray that we'll continue to take those steps and we keep our eyes on Christ. For Christ fulfilled everything that you asked, Lord, and he provided us a way. And by our faith in him, Lord, we have the assurance that, Lord, that you have given us this straight path. And Father, I just continue to pray for our country. And I ask that you be with all of us as we go forward through the rest of this week. In your precious name we pray. Amen.